I, Doris, swear that I shall be a friend to my fellow Dorises, even at a social distance. I, Doris. I, Doris, shall wear a mask on the bus and give up my seat to a Doris who needs it more than I do. I, Doris. I, Doris, shall use my voice to amplify the voices of my fellow Dorises. I, Doris. And I, Doris, shall never vote Conservative or Republican. I, Doris. Just some Doris You can just ignore us Musical hello. Oh. You can't help yourselves. You're just musical. musical. <laughs> no, no, I'm a drummer, remember? Does that not count? Okay, not, you know, not according to the time worn gag. No, apparently oh. not. But oh. no. Poor old drummers. Drummers count. Quite, quite, li- quite literally. <laughs> I've heard you. Oh. Oh. Oh, tremendous first bad joke of the evening. Well done. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> how, how are we all, Dorises, today? Uh, with fiery, fiery, venomous rage. How about you? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Similar. Same. <laughs> yeah. I think it's the day for it, isn't it? All the week for it. Yeah, so I don't know when the listeners are going to be listening, but we're recording this right at the, um, I guess, the moment where just last night, was it, that the police decided to drag off several women who were just trying to have a vigil uh, around Sarah Everard, who was dragged off by a copper. Um, Mm. Yeah, so... uh, and, uh, and this week they're putting through the uh, policing bill. I think that's happening tonight. I'm no. getting right into no. it straight away because I'm no, no, go, filled go, go, with, go like, it. annoyance. Let's get it out straight out the gate. Yeah, Come on. Let me get it out of my system. But, um, yeah, they're basically trying to make it illegal to have a protest. Uh, you can get 10 years for um, causing an annoyance. Um, they do that every day. <laughs> Well, they could put you away for it, Doris. That's all I'm saying. Um, there could be a lot of problems with this, I think. Yeah. Um, so how are, how are you all coping with this kind of current news cycle? Because I think a lot of people are feeling a bit sad and or angry. Um, yeah, I, I was surprised how, how hard it hit me, um, partly partly because of the location um, and, and she was leaving the, the road that I grew up in. Um, it, it really felt... But um, but yeah, the the, the clap and comment thing really really hit me hard. Um, and and yeah, just the the audacity of the police that around the whole thing has has just left you kind of feeling, well, who who is there to to protect us? Anyway, let's let's try and cheer ourselves with some um, female solidarity. I agree. That's the best um, way to cheer yourself. I just heard some female solidarity at the door there. I just heard the doorbell go. Ooh. Hi. Ah. Uh, hey. 
How are it's you? Monica. Hi. Good, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, just, um, you know, bored of lockdown. I mean, I don't know, maybe you've already been talking about that, but it's felt like a long haul, hasn't it? It's felt like forever now. It has. It's almost got to the point that I've forgotten what it was like not to be in lockdown now. It's um it's yeah, the new normal has become quite quite routine now it feels. I don't know. Do you feel like you're going inwards? Uh, yeah. I'm kind of going inwards with it all. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It's uh yeah, it's quite easy to just um not really engage like there's only so many zoom parties you can go to right like yeah or even just inwards creatively like in your imagination because that's limitless where um these four walls are limiting (laughs) Mm, that's very true yeah well this is something that there's been a recurring thing really on on our podcast which we've been doing since beginning lockdown really haven't we as a, an excuse hmm. to you know just kind of hang keep, out keep yeah to keep looking at each other's faces which is always really nice to do and keep talking and talking to, to other musicians which we really miss kind of doing at, at gigs kind of hanging out with other musicians and gossiping in the green room and, and that sort of stuff so this is this is kind of why we do this um but so but yeah one of the things people just keep saying is that they're either really really creative and, and really kind of making the most of, of lockdown and having all these fantastic ideas um or the complete opposite <laughs> just just nothing's happening <laughs> I mean, at so first, I, for me, there was nothing. It was just like, well, I had corona for at the very beginning. So that was five weeks of nothing. Oh, and then I, it wasn't very inspiring, you know, to be like coronified. So it took a while to get my mojo. But I'm, I'm writing and being creative now. So I guess I'm lucky. But I think everyone's creativity ebbs and flows. It's just like a, a rhythm. It's a beast. You don't know what it's doing. <laughs> Well, you, you've been extremely creative recently, haven't you? You've released a, a book and and music and all sorts of things. Tell, tell, us, tell us more. <laughs> tell us what you've yeah. you been doing. My most recent venture, I released a book and audio book combo. Um, and it, it actually has been in the pipeline for quite a while, but it took me a long time to find a publisher. Um, but luckily I found one. So I, I released it on... Um, World Book Day, which was March 4th, and uh, it's available on my band camp, which is Piney Gear, P-I-N-E-Y-G-I-R, but it has, um, I mean, luckily I got some really amazing people involved in it, so the story, it's a beautiful book with, with illustrations, um, and it's about how I got my name Piney, because everyone always asks me that, um, and then I had some friends read the different characters and voices like a Radio 4 style drama or something. So I got Mark Radcliffe to narrate it. And um, I don't know if you know Louis Philippe, but he's sort of a French songwriter and he did one of the voices, a scholar and a physician who I also wrote the music with. They did two voices and Ali Shaw from Cranes, um, who has a sweet little helium voice, so she was great. And then um, Simon Bookish, he did the, this, this exceptionally tall creature, it's called. And um, it's kind of a little bit like Piney goes above the clouds and meets all these weird people. And 
and comes back to earth again. So it's, it's kind of a nice bit of escapism. <laughs> oh, it sounds lovely. <laughs> it's very cute. I actually did a tour of libraries in 2019 with the story with puppets and songs. And um, that was really great, but the book wasn't ready yet. So it, now it's, a, it's a, I was hoping to do some live events to promote it, but um, maybe that will come in the future. Maybe I'll do some online storytelling. I haven't figured that out yet, but um, it's just nice that it's out in the world now. So, yeah. You know, like I, before you came, I'm afraid I was venting a lot of rage and, um, you know, it's, it's, you've, you've just brought a nice kind of... Uh, piney cloudy uh loveliness to uh, the proceedings so thank you the rage is abating I mean there's a lot of things to be angry about right now (laughs) you know it's been a weird week for everyone um but I guess you can't always look for the silver lining sometimes you got to embrace the beast you know (laughs) but um but you know right now I'm just happy talking to you girls so awesome (laughs) oh likewise (laughs) Uh, tell us more about yourself Piney tell us kind of the the history of 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 Piney Girl how how do you get into music um I mean I took piano lessons from when I was four and I had a really weird upbringing because I went to like a really strict Christian school and my dad was super super religious so I wasn't really exposed to secular culture Um, So everything I knew was either Christian music or it was, you know, classical music. And then there was a little bit of Beach Boys I was allowed because they were deemed wholesome enough. I mean, I later found out they were quite psychedelic, but I didn't know that at the time. Um, But I think they (laughs) they are so responsible for um, my love of harmony, I think, that I, I love I love their harmonies and because that was one of the few bands I was really allowed to listen to, I would say they're quite an influence. Mm. Um, and then I went on to study drums and I went to uni uh, to get a degree in classical percussion and all my drums got stolen and I didn't have any insurance. So I changed my major to voice because you can't steal the voice. And, um, and yeah, that was kind of... Um, not many people do that, change their major from drums to voice, but um, but I, I'm glad I did because I really loved singing and it gave me um, techniques to have stamina for singing on tour. You know, I don't lose my voice all the time because I, I learned how to sing with my gut and all that kind of stuff. Ooh. So I feel very um, grateful for that experience, but funny because I studied opera and that's not at all what I sound like, you know. Um, but I came to London. Can you still do? Can you still do the opera stuff? If, um, um... I'm a little rusty, but I could probably <laughs> kind of get away with it. I did. I did sing the Star Trek theme song with Dream Themes using my opera voice. So if you want to hear it, <laughs> it's out there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or if I'm if I'm vacuuming, I'll just sing opera because I think no one can really hear me. But yeah. <laughs> It's kind of fun, but then uh, I, moved, I moved to London and I went to St. Martin's for a semester just to kind of um, be weird and meet some weirdos and worked in a bar and kind of found my way into music. I, I didn't ever come here intending to stay. 
<laughs> but I've been here about 20 years now, so yeah. Well, I'd say you're pretty permanent now then at this point. <laughs> Feels like it, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what do you think that you'd be doing if you'd followed the path of continuing with percussion? Percussion, I mean, I probably would be in like a pit orchestra in Albuquerque or something, you know? <laughs> I don't know, probably something a bit random like that. And what are, your, what are your top tips then for like keeping your voice in check when you're on tour and when you're singing a lot? Um, I mean, really singing from the gut is a big one because I think a lot of people strain here and that's where you do the damage, you know? So I, um, if I find myself doing that, cause you feel it, if it's, especially if it's really loud, um, you, you will stretch. But, um, but if you just think about, I don't know, that there's like a tennis ball in your stomach and you're trying to squeeze it, that's, that's um, helps me not lose my voice, <laughs> so. Oh, I, just, I just automatically sat up as I tried to imagine this tennis yeah, ball in my it, stomach there. It does, doesn't it? It makes you sit up straight and it makes you hmm. um, tense, your, tense your tummy when you sing, yeah. Oh, I need to think <laughs> about that next time. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, Piney, for, for people who aren't familiar with, like, your more recent work, you know, post-classical drumming, etc., cetera, uh, what else have you been up to? <laughs> Um, well, I released my seventh album uh, just at the end of 2019. And I had, of course, loads of touring lined up for 2020 and all that kind of jazz, which, of course, got got canceled. And that's disappointing. But I think, um, you know, the album's still out there. So check it out. It's called You Are Here. And it's... Um, it's just inspired by the weird times we're in. And that was before Corona. So, you know, we had Trump and Brexit and the Me Too movement and all that stuff was kicking off. And I felt sad about it. And I wanted to kind of tap into that connective thing that we're all sharing going through this. And that maybe our togetherness is like a positive thing we gain from that. So it's all about togetherness and... Um, finding the silver linings, which is so important sometimes to get us through. It's like there are mental health themes all over that album. And I'm glad that people are more open to talking about that kind of stuff, you know. Um, but the album is kind of celebrating that togetherness it gets us through stuff. So, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> a lovely yeah, positive way of looking oh, I'm at so things. I'm so glad you're, you're here to, up, yeah, to uplift us. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. What's the best song on the album? What, which one? The best song? <laughs> yeah, that's that question. You know what, I picked, I picked the song Even Song, which is the last song on the album, and um, I picked it because it's very dreamy and it makes me feel like I'm on holiday, and that's something I really miss is traveling, and it talks about being on a blue lagoon, and there's this floaty kind of backing vocal that sounds like mermaids and I thought maybe that's a good one for everybody locked in right now. <laughs>
I just heard the doorbell. I think there's someone else at the door. Ding dong. Can we see who's Ooh. at the door? Yes. It's our Kez. It's Hello. Hello. Hi. 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 Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm all right. I just had, I had my vaccine on Saturday, so I'm still a little bit um, hazy, but <laughs> oh, I'm good. A bit woozy. Um, Kez, this is Piney Girl. Uh, Piney Girl, this Hi. is Kez, an artist known as Hannah Rose Kesler. Um, sorry, I should have introduced ourselves as well. We're, we're all called Doris. Hi. Um, Hi, Doris. <laughs> Hi, Doris. <laughs> um, and Doris is Doris's cat, Luna, is making a bit of a bit of an appearance this evening Aww. as well. Yeah, she, she is. Just, oh, yeah, okay. I wasn't she sure left. which way round she was. <laughs> <laughs> She's standing guard. She is, yeah. That's what she does. Um, now, you you two have have something in common. You have a label in common, I believe. You both mm. recently signed to Reckless Yes, which I mean, this this is fast turning into the Reckless Yes podcast, basically, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Um, all guests that we have on seem to be linked to. It just means it's an excellent label with very good taste, basically. I was going to say, they've got the best artists on. (laughs) They have. I'm super excited about that because I haven't worked with them before. Have you? No, um, I'm actually sort of mid-releasing my first thing with them. Uh, The the full EP is going to be out on on Friday, so I don't know when this is going to be uploaded, so it's probably going to be already out by then. Cool. So do you want to tell us a bit about the release that's just coming out then? Yeah, sure. Um, It's an EP. Um, I've released two singles from it already. It's a six tracker um, and it's called My Theories on the Apocalypse. And it's sort of um, a collection of songs that I wrote after graduating uni and found myself in a bit of a slump um because after the sort of you know pizzazz and kind of almost mania of being at university like adult life is suddenly just really flat I guess and I sort of felt like I couldn't sort of achieve anything and I was getting really frustrated so it's quite a sort of um existential um piece of work um but it sort of covers topics from nihilism to sexism and sort of everything in between um and uh, yeah all the isms (laughs) and then the genres are quite broad as well um it's got some industrial and some sort of um folk pop and then um more like uh um almost edm uh it's hard to explain (laughs) Expectations for my hair, expectations for my lips, you put your 
María José Alvarado, el prostituto Sofía. Thank that you. seems so poignant, poignant this week as well, that song. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely brilliant. I just heard the doorbell. Shall we, uh, shall we see who's at the door? Yeah. Yes. It's a wolf at the door. It's Alison Wolf. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Hello, can you hear us? Hi, yeah, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, it's all on. We can, okay. yeah. <laughs> Yay! Cool. Uh, you, you're joining us from from LA. Yeah, Are you in LA? and it's sunny even. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Uh, so Alison, um, we have here. Um, so um, I'm Cassie Doris. Uh, we have some other Dorises. We have Kate Doris and Lucy Doris. <laughs> uh, we have. Um, I don't know why I'm pointing because they'll be in different places on your screen. But but there, I I have tiny girl. <laughs> Um, and right down there, there's uh, Kez, Hannah Rose Kesler. Um, Hi. So, um, and Alison Wolf. Hi. Lovely to have for joining you. us. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, what's going How's on? How's California holding up? <laughs> um, yeah, it's all right. It's, um, I mean, you know, <laughs> every day is kind of the same, but um, at least it's a sunny day. Oh, good night. <laughs> so, <laughs> aww. Hi. My, my children have just come say good night. Say, say good night. Oh. To the, the good night. Hi. Wow. Night. And they actually good go night. to bed when they're supposed to. Yeah. I'm amazed. <laughs> they really like going to bed. You like going to bed, don't you? You like it? No. <laughs> so he's well, even branded his I was gonna say, I'm impressed he's wearing the I Doris t shirt. That's good, good branding work there, Doris. My children are always branded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So here we go. Yeah, it's all right. How's it going there? Um, oh, it's just it's just crazy here at the moment. It's um we're we're all full of rage and sorrow and and love and solidarity yeah. and all, all of the emotions um are yeah. contained within the moment. Yeah, and hearing the news a bit coming out of there. So, uh, yeah. good luck to everyone. Yeah, Happy for thanks. all those protesting and um, hanging in there. <laughs> it's yeah, just no, been I... a lot of bad news for at least a year, maybe four, maybe more. <laughs> <laughs> but 
Something's got to change, hasn't it? I, I, I was just talking to the other Dorises about um, about you guys uh, before, so your ears must have been burning just before the, the podcast, and I was, I was kind of saying what, um, what amazing histories kind of all, all of you have. Um, um, and Alison, particularly, I mean, you, you basically started the Riot Girl movement, um, which was... Um, a long time ago now, um, but it's, it, it kind of feels still relevant. It kind of feels like there was a, a spark that ignited something all those years ago. And it kind of feels like now there's, there's little, little embers <laughs> still, still burning. Um, so I mean, yeah. do, do you want to kind of tell us a bit about that? How, how did that all start? What, what, what fired that yeah. off? Well, it really wasn't me. I mean, I think the whole point is that it is like a group of people, right? You know, and it's like um, strength in numbers. But really, I mean, really Kathleen kind of sparked a lot of the initial sentiments and um, action and um, was just super bold and brave and did all this stuff when she was alone, actually. She was alone at first, Um, but she quickly, you know, started a band and was hanging around with Toby and Kathy and and Toby had already been doing a lot of, um, you know, just feminist writing and stuff like that and been in bands and stuff in Olympia for a long time and um, skateboarding, whatnot. And I, I grew up in Olympia, Washington, and I had seen Toby around and I, you know, seen a lot of like, you know, Calvin and Kay and all these people. But um, I was kind of more of a bystander. And it wasn't till I went away, um, I moved away to college and I met Molly Newman in the dorms in Eugene, Oregon. And um, I kind of brought like a lot of this Olympia stuff, music and stuff with me. And, um, and she was also already pretty politicized coming from Washington, D.C. And um, her father was really in the kind of political scene there and um, like on national level. Um, I think he was like, I think he did press for Jimmy Carter. I think that's, that's what her dad did. <laughs> I mean, so it was pretty cool. Um, so we just kind of put those things together and um, where I kind of was way into the DIY stuff uh, personal is political and she was kind of more into this like national okay. politics and stuff and um social justice and stuff and so we just kind of brought that together and influenced each other started our band Bratmobile which was a slow burn but finally started doing stuff like a year or so later and um did a fanzine girl germs and I think a lot of it was just a reaction to kind of the really male-dominated grunge scene that was um, bubbling up in the Northwest and feeling like, yeah, this is cool. We like to go to see these bands. We like these bands. But especially Sub Pop, the record label and stuff, it was just, I felt like there was something super, super macho. Just, okay, now it has, it's like sexism, but now it has long hair and a flannel. And, um, you know, we just couldn't really relate to it. And it was like the shows were kind of violent and stuff. And, and the imagery on a lot of the albums and stuff was super like shock value, like, oh, we got a naked lady with blood running down or, you know, whatever. <laughs> it was like, wow, that's new, not, you know. So so I think even though we felt like we didn't really have the skills necessarily to like 
we didn't even know if we could write songs. And then even in the beginning, like I was like on stage for the first time, are these songs? I don't know. But just feeling like we had something to say and that even in our own primitive way, like at least it might be more interesting than what a lot of these musician musicians were making. Bikini Kill, who started just a little bit before us and um, played our first show with Bikini Kill. So I think a lot of this kind of networking and hanging out and talking about um, social justice issues and, and writing and making fan scenes um, was happening before Riot Girl technically started or, you know, officially started and before it was called Riot Girl. So, um, but I think it's just, you know, at that point, point really we're gaining momentum and girls kind of ruled olympia and kind of always had in a lot of ways i mean i know with k records people think of calvin johnson well actually candace Pedersen, you know co-founded and and owned it with him and ran it and um she's often not acknowledged for that um kill rock stars people think slim moon okay well tenuvial samson co-founded and ran the label with him for a while you know and like people forget about her so a lot of times I think it's it's not that um women weren't doing stuff it's just they're often not written into the history and I think that's true with Olympia also we think about the history that was kept from us I mean we didn't have the internet and stuff like that when we were starting out so it wasn't easy to find um, women, uh, female musicians and stuff who came before you, in, except for in our hometown. Okay, regionally, yeah, but uh, which is great. But like all the like 
you know, like the slits and the raincoats and x-ray specs and a lot of stuff like that. Um, Alice bag. Um, okay. I knew about X, but, um, so like, you know, a lot of that we had to see through, like, I don't know, like sharing records, people like you go to someone's house and they play records for you. Um, Hey, you should check this out and stuff or make people making mixtapes, um, and sending them to you like Rose Melberg from Tiger Trap. She sent me a mixtape early on before she'd started that band um, and before we'd started our band, really, um, that had all these women uh, musicians on it from the past. And then talking to Alice Bag, I even think like she talks about the early days of punk in L.A. and how it was very diverse in, in all these ways. Um, but that's not what's written about. And that's not who's featured. You know, now you just see Darby Crash and that's about it. Right. You know, in the history making. So, yeah. Anyways, so right, girl. I don't know. Um, so I had this moment just last night of feeling suddenly like super, super old. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the the Netflix film that's just been up recently called Moxie, but um, basically, you know, there's the scene where the teenage girl. <laughs> pulls out the musty old suitcase from under her mum's bed and it's got the fanzines in it. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I know I have that like that. That sounds like me. I have the suitcase somewhere, you know. Um, yeah, I have not seen it yet. Um, they did, like, their props person or whatever reached out to me for some ephemera, um, which I ended up sending. Uh, some stuff. Um, I had to demand to get paid for it, but, uh, <laughs> you know, Netflix and Amy Poehler can't afford to pay anything. Right. So anyways, um, but yeah, so I got a tiny small amount for that. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I have to decide, I guess I should see it. Right. What do you guys think? Is it good? I, I found it adorable. Um, okay. yeah, you know, it's it's very feel good and and very cute and but yeah I sort of also slightly felt that they were trying to make it as a teen film but the only people who are going to enjoy it are the old right girl mums basically. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I should watch it. I just kind of noticed. I mean, I'm not totally sure, but the music that was licensed, I believe that Bikini Kill was the only actual correct era Riot Girl band that was. Uh, featured in the soundtrack or whatever I'm annoyed that we weren't included in it but whatever I bet it's cute and I bet you know anything that's like inspiring young women that's cool you know. yeah. or older women right all of us inspiring us <laughs> but yeah I don't know so you know it's cool I I think um yeah right girl was something that a lot of us were involved in back then um but and I guess it, the spirit can continue, just hopefully with new forms, new words, new people, right? And just hopefully it progresses, right? It's just a, kind of like a little strain of third wave feminism, the musical strain. I well, I mean, I kind of tried to revive that in 2000, like when to start Lady Fest. Um, so that was kind of, I thought, you know, how can we harness the energy and the networking? Um, and that spirit of Riot Girl, but actually have um, a goal to work towards. Because I think sometimes Riot Girl was a little aimless. Like we didn't have set goals, agendas, whatever, you know, and sometimes that just, 
made it fall apart. I don't know. There's a lot of things probably. So I felt like with Lady Fest, that was cool to have a goal to work towards, you know. Although I think that was still really difficult to do. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I think there's a lot of young people doing really cool stuff now. And they have the internet and social media on their side, you know, so you can reach far more people. I mean, Black Lives Matter is totally transformational and amazing and what we've needed for a long time. Um, but it also doesn't, I don't want mean to say that people weren't doing all this activism ahead of time. It's just that like you have the internet as a megaphone, you know, <laughs> so, and social media as a megaphone now. So, but yeah, I, I think a lot of the concerns of Riot Girl are coming up now, you know, it came up with me too. I mean, yeah, we've been talking about that stuff in our zines and whatever forever, you know, and I'm sure women were doing it far before us as well. So. I've, I've been teaching a, um, a course at um, my teacher at a music college and I've been teaching a kind of extra course in building DIY communities and we, we've looked at the at the history of kind of DIY communities we looked at Riot Girl and we've looked at kind of DC Punk and and um, and, and kind of uh, different communities around the world um, and and talking to today's kind of 18 year olds about making zines and kind of organizing by post boxes and letter writing <laughs> and mixtapes and things is is just such an alien words world to them um when they're just like yeah just start a tiktok campaign for god's sake why don't you <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> if i may chime in as someone of that generation <laughs> please um, do i think um Riot Girl is very much alive and well. I think Cassie, uh, you met uh, me uh, from from my band Quim Smashers, um, which was very inspired by um, the likes of Alison and uh, uh, Kathleen oh. Hannah. Um, and I think there is definitely like a big movement of sort of uh, people around my age. Um, and yes, we sort of we bring the kind of zine look onto the internet. Uh, <laughs> um, but I think, you know, the, the heart and soul is there and I think the anger is there and I think the drive for change is there because we've got sort of all sorts of people who just are, you know, itching to make things happen. Um, I've organised little festivals, kind of DIY groups and um, I've been part of zine communities and... Um, sort of gigs at kind of regular places where everyone would just come along and get absolutely trashed and <laughs> and just dance <laughs> and and mosh and I remember a sort of um, a middle-aged person was passing and um all of us were there and we all had crazy hair and crazy clothes and he kind of looked at us and smiled and said you folks are what's keeping the world alive and then like went on <laughs> oh <laughs> that is so cool yeah exactly right? yeah um, basically yeah i mean whenever i kind of because yeah, uh, obviously i'm in the the right girl mom category now even though i'm not a mom but uh you know but when you see like there's there's so much energy you know like it's not it, i guess it's easy to get uh uh, fixated a bit in you know what was going on when I was younger and going down the pub more <laughs> they're still down there doing all <laughs> things so 
Wow. The kids are all right is what I'm saying, basically. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Totally. And I mean, I don't do it. Yeah, I don't do as much as I should. Well, lately, not this past year. But I mean, I still try to go to show, you know, when it was allowed to go to shows and stuff like that. And, you know, DJ and, and, and I haven't played, I guess I haven't performed live for a little while, but, you know, just kind of keep yourself out there and keep doing stuff. And I'm always, you know, there's always cool stuff somewhere, you know, like that's, you know, challenging and um, interesting, creative, cultural activism. So, so it's exciting. What is your current band, Alison? I, I can't keep up with you've you've been in <laughs> so many bands. I yeah, I never really is stopped, it right? Cliquey bitches, is that the most recent project? Kind of. So that's the most recent release, I guess, that I've been involved in. So that Clicky Bitches was a band formerly called Scorpio Scorpio. So we ended up calling our EP Scorpio Scorpio. But um we were, it was me, Alice Bag, and Seth Bogart from Gravy Train and Hunks and His Punks. And we just did this kind of summertime project band. It was a couple summers ago, a few. And um, I guess it was 2018, I think. And we ended up recording the six songs that we had written. And then um, I put them up on Bandcamp a while ago, but uh, my friend Andy, who has a record label called Fet Cacao in Vienna, Austria, he ended up releasing the vinyl. Yeah. And he has the digital songs too up on their site. So, um, yeah, so that was fun. Um, but you know, like, I think we're all busy doing other things and it, you know, just didn't kind of work out to keep being a band band, but, um, it's also a band of like three front people. So, (laughs) and two Scorpios, imagine that. So, um, uh, but yeah, I, I, I kind of miss it.
then I also have kind of started a project band with two guys, um, uh, Joey Karam from The Locust and Lashak, L.A. Long Beach guy, and um, Cody Willis, who's in big business, was in the Melvins and also Murder City Devils drummer. Um, they're both really awesome dudes. You know what? Oh, my God. I think we're all Scorpios. All three of Crikey. us. <laughs> Holy wow. Okay. So now we're going to go for Scorpio, Scorpio, Scorpio. Okay. Um, anyways. And so we have started something called Magic Witch Cookbox. <laughs> I named the band. So that's why it's so terrible of a name. But um, um, it, that was a, based on a Craigslist best of ad where someone was trying to sell a microwave but they titled it Magic Witch Cookbox. <laughs> so I thought it was funny. Um, that is a great anyways. name. So actually, I was in uh, Cody's studio yesterday um, working on songs. So they've written a bunch of songs. I have made like vocals for three of the songs, but um, I've been moving real slow over the past year or so. So hopefully like I can get some more going and we'll record something soon. We do have one um, song that's a Cramps cover on the 3-1-G labels Cramps compilation record that they put out. Also, I think during the pandemic early on. Um, anyways, we do a cover of People Ain't No Good by the Cramps. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, Magic Witch Cookbox, our one release. So... I don't know. That's what I've been doing lately, uh, a little bit lately. But it's been hard to be motivated during shutdowns, during the pandemic. It's just things have been so dire and, you know, the news has just been so bad. And especially with Trump, oh, my God, you know, it's just one horror after the other. And it was just hard to really be creative when you just don't see an end to anything or you don't see a light at the end of the tunnel or something. So, but now I actually have an appointment for my first shot of the vaccine and yeah, I, and all of a sudden I just felt like doing stuff. That's what's funny. It's like all of a sudden I'm like, okay, I'll go in the studio and work on some songs, you know? <laughs> okay. Maybe I'll pay some bills. Maybe I'll clean up a little bit around here, you know? So, <laughs> so we were, we were talking to, to Piney a little bit before we started that you, you, been quite creative lately right uh you were saying it's so people seem to go one way or the other it's uh yeah I mean I was completely creativity or just block it (laughs) yeah I was completely blocked and didn't do anything for the first six months and then it was like boom you know there's like a floodgate that has to open right yeah Good. Good how, for you. How about you, Hanno? Have you been? Have you felt like you've you've had output or whatever <laughs> during that? Well, it's hard for me to say because I suffer from being intensely self-critical. So I always think I'm not doing anything when I am. Um, <laughs> but I always think writing songs is a bit like um, doing poos because um, <laughs> sometimes you get constipated and when that happens you sort of have to do lots of little not so good poos and then the really big you know gut cleansing one will come out um so I think my work around sort of writer's block is sort of just doing really bad ones for a bit and then accepting that the good one will come eventually you just need to eat more fiber is that it (laughs) 
definitely an analogy that I've not heard before. Where does fiber, fiber fit the in the soul. analogy? <laughs> what is fiber for the soul? Oh, it means an experience walk. with substance, <laughs> right? <laughs> Which we were you know, missing. Fibre for the soul is when you walk out of the house at the end of January and you finally see the snowdrops for the first time. Oh, that's romantic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what do I do here in LA? (laughs) You've got the sun. (laughs) The sun is inspiring, right? Yeah. I'm not a or, desert person. <laughs> oh, I love the desert. Aww. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah <laughs> isn't, isn't there that hill of all those little purple flowers in L.A.? Oh, maybe. <laughs> you tell me where it is. I'll go there. <laughs> probably, yeah. There, I know there's this whole wildflower scene uh, probably coming up soon. So, <laughs> Are you a beach person? in them. <laughs> You know, I like the beach, but I don't like swimming in the ocean. So I like swimming in lakes. I like water that I can kind of like see what's going on, you know, and stuff. <laughs> They're and, not going to go out just into the sea that way. <laughs> yeah, I'm always afraid of dying when I get into the ocean. But um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I like it. I moved here for a reason. I mean, I grew up in Olympia, Washington, where it rains all the time. So I thought, well, you know, I'd be happy living somewhere where I never had to see rain again. Yeah, that'd be great. So I've had enough in LA. Um, nearby, like south of here, yeah, there have been some sightings and not a lot, I guess, but uh, usually like surfers or something. But but also some of the like um, kind of beaches where people gather, like I guess tourist beaches, they allow people to fish off the pier, which is crazy to me. And then they're throwing, you know, big hunks of chum and stuff into the water to get something big and sharks have come by and then bit bit mm. someone who is swimming by you know oh. so yeah I can't believe they allow it it's like unbel- it's ridiculous so. <laughs> I mean maybe at night okay but then it just it makes the sharks remember oh here's a good, where I can go get some lunch you know so I have Anyways. this sort of mean joke that I play on seagulls if you go to the end of the pier and you have some cotton candy and you throw a bit over the pier, they, they know it's food and they like swoop around, they get really excited and then it touches the sea and it evaporates and they get really confused. It's kind of <laughs> like, like the pandas. It's oh, no, raccoons. It was raccoons. What happened to the raccoons? They tried to wash it in the puddle and it dissolved. Aww, bless and they were looking, bless and they were looking, they were like, where did it go? And they looked so <laughs> devastated. Aww. Oh, I don't, I don't Aww. mind seagulls being disappointed, but raccoons. it's the most heartbreaking video. <laughs> oh. it, it's so exciting. Wow. And then it drops it and then it goes. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Okay. What I've been doing today, actually, I was going to do a little bit of bigging. Um, bigging our own projects up actually um, we've, we've been um, working on a, a song which we're going to um, to release kind of as a, a moment of, of solidarity and feminist sisterhood um, really in, in response to everything that's been, been happening in this last week so um, we're going to release a song called um, Reclaim These Streets 
um, which we're going to um, invite um, vocalists from all over the world, hopefully, um, to, to get involved and, and kind of add to the kind of sisters chorus. Um, so uh, so I, will, I will be in touch asking for your vocals. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought I would, I would just mention this and hopefully, I don't know, I guess it will take a couple of weeks to, uh, to put it all together. But, um, but yeah, hopefully, maybe next podcast I'll be able to, to play it and uh, tell everyone about how successful it's going to be. But yeah, <laughs> we're going to release that in aid of um, Women's Aid. Um, oh, so, cool. um, it's kind of, kind of, it kind of feels like you need to do something at the moment to, um, you know, to do something. Yeah, and it, you know, apparently you can't sort of count on a Tory government to fund Women's Aid, for example. So, you know, let's do a a song or 10 and uh yeah do a bit <laughs> part wow. of me feels like it shouldn't be down to us um because like lots of us are the victims and it just seems a bit um a bit sick really <laughs> it should be sort of you know the men um and the people who um might be responsible for this who should be paying for it um but I guess um they're not going to want to because they're the ones who've put us in the situation there's strength in solidarity and sisterhood though so I'm gonna grab that by the horns and run with it oh yeah of course 100% yeah we can make our own fun yes it's quite a a healing thing to do as well Mm -hmm. it kind of feels like you're doing something positive in the face of a lot of negativity recently yeah I'm I'm really impressed with that it's it's a lot more productive than what I've been doing which is just sitting there screaming at my um smartphone screen like and um just you've been you've been baking like a a Baking motherfucker, I don't know what, what you've been baking uh, like. Rage baking. <laughs> rage baking, like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, my sourdough is like risen on the bubbles of female. Wow. Yeah. Doris <laughs> <laughs> Thor- is one of those really annoying people who just posts on social media all these delicious things that come out of her kitchen that none of us are ever going to get to taste. <laughs> what well, could be doing more You would if you went round for dinner. <laughs> yeah. Oh, any day pops. now. Any yeah. any day now. We'll, we'll have you round for dinner. Um, yeah. Oh. I feel like my cooking got better at first in the beginning of the pandemic, but it's just kind of bad again. So <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but I don't know. I like actually I, I, I kind of feel with what Kess was saying, like um, how I think I'm kind of hard on myself and I'm always like, oh, you're not doing anything. You're never doing enough. It's never enough kind of thing. So, I mean, I guess I like I I did do Actually, I think I got two, at least, was it one or two podcast episodes done and released within the pandemic time. And I think I wrote one article, (laughs) freelance story, one or two, maybe, yeah, probably one. Um, And I think I even maybe did a radio piece that ended up or at least finished it during the pandemic. So I guess it's not that bad. Yeah, good going. (laughs) So... (laughs) 
well done. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, Piney, you have a, a radio show as well, don't you? you? You're no stranger to the airwaves. Um, is it yeah. the other woman show? That's right. So the other woman show, it's a collective of women, the other women, and uh, a different host does every week. So I do the fourth Thursday of every month. And I think you've been a guest, haven't you, Cassie, on one of the other um, ladies' shows? Is that right? Yeah. So it's nice yeah. to get, get your community involved and celebrate music by women and um, talk about what it's like out there. And yeah. I think it's it's nice to be it's part of a collective, yeah. So it's you and um, Cherie Percy, is that? Yeah, I mean, there's actually, we've just taken on four more women. Oh, wow. So um, we've doubled our airtime. So rather than each of okay. us doing a longer show, we just extended the invite. So now there's eight of us. So That's yeah, cool. it's it's good. It's it's um, you never know what you're gonna get because we each have such different identities. You know, there's a comedian, there's an author, there's you know a musician. So it's like everyone has their different thing they bring to the to the party. So it's kind of fun. Uh, so that that's Soho Radio, isn't it? Can can you get that on the the internet if you're yeah, if you're not yeah. in the Soho postcode? Yeah, Soho Radio. So there's um, the Culture Channel is the one we're on. Then there's Soho Radio, the Music Channel, and there's now a Soho Radio New York, and um, they TX uh, other women on New York and culture. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know there's a website that. Um, you can use to listen to every single radio station that's connected to the internet in the entire world. Oh, wow. What's it called? It's, I can't remember. <laughs> These called like Radio Radio Garden or something? Cool. Oh, yeah. You cool. know, I think I just downloaded it. Hold on. That app. Yeah, it's Radio so Garden. so cool. I, list, I decided to listen to the most um, northernmost radio station I could find. And... Um, it was so weird. They were playing like weird 1950s sort of hold music. Wow. That sounds great. <laughs> now I'm opening the app. I'm like, I got, I downloaded it, but I didn't do uh, anything oh, with it Honestly, yet. it's hours of fun. You can, yeah. Okay. Like, what are they listening to in Beijing? <laughs> oh, great! Oh, it's like cool. in I in the olden days when the technology was super new. I actually purchased an internet radio. It was a box <laughs> that has got a dial, and you could dial up all the international radio station. I still have it. There's a. I should sort of send it to the Museum of Obsolete. <laughs> sort of intermediate technology but uh yeah but yeah or endless joy in uh you know um radio stations from all over the world i i follow the oh. same sort of routine when i'm doing things like this though i always i listen to the thing furthest away from me then i listen to the thing closest to me and then i go to the most isolated place i can find i always do this on like google maps as well <laughs> You're, you're in quite an, an isolated place yourself, though, aren't you, Kaz? You're um, are you still yeah. out, in, out in sticks and in Cumbria. Yes, I What's live. What's it like out there? I live in in a place called Ravenstone, 
which sounds like it's straight from Game of Thrones. Um, it's been slowly getting nicer. Um, <laughs> we had sort of constant, because um, we're right on the sea, so really, really bad storms and wind uh, sort of all through January and February. Um, and then there was also like six weeks of um, constant ice, um, which made driving quite fun. Um <laughs> because my road is a bridleway not a road so it's all like uneven as well so that was that was difficult and then the boiler broke um which was also quite difficult um <laughs> but um it's it's all good now um but it's kind of like um it is basically like constant problem solving um because one day the water breaks and then the hot water goes and then you sort of you fix it and then suddenly something else goes and then you're like I can't take any more of this but then it's all fine because suddenly you look outside and the sun's out and everything's beautiful and the sheep are on the hill and it's like oh gosh I'm nice. in heaven <laughs> nice yeah I've been fantasizing about escaping to the countryside because somehow being in London when there's nothing that you can do of all the things that you would like to do in London that is just rubbish. So, um, yeah, flight to a, a sheep-covered hillock by the ocean sounds like <laughs> pure heaven. I know. It really doesn't feel like we're getting our money's worth at the moment with the squillion pounds a minute that we that we pay to live in London. Um, you really are. I'm just um, indoors on Zoom. <laughs> bad and connect connections <laughs> my yeah. um entire property costs less than a terraced house in london oh don't tell us this <laughs> we're gonna have to come and live next door you to really you. will you'll have to in fact the i think one of the neighboring properties is actually on the market so you could you could come and move in <laughs> wow nice it's tempting. I'm just Googling a town now. Right, okay. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a festival here um, in August, so um, you should definitely um, look into um, coming and, and performing because they're sort of trying to big up um, non-cis male bands. Um, it's called 42 Degrees Festival, Um so I can I can send you the link if you're interested. Sounds cool. Sounds great. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. We. I, I. I think this year. I mean, as soon as we're able to play gigs, I, I don't know about anyone else, but I. I just want to play all the gigs just <laughs> every day. I just want to be on a stage, um, making some noise. So, is anyone actually being bold uh, booking gigs yet, or is everyone waiting to see what happens? I'm waiting because I had to cancel like two tours and a trip to America and it's just oh. too expensive to make those plans and have to change them. And yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I have no plans really. <laughs> I, mean, I see, I see the light at the end of the tunnel and I'm trying to do some stuff, but I don't know. I can I want to get my podcast going again. Like, um, I'm in the band, like just getting it really going again, um, mm. which I've taken a Podcasts while. Podcast the doing. way forward. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny now, like everyone's doing a podcast, but actually when we, when we started, it, it, I didn't know anyone else doing a podcast. I mean, I knew, you know, 
bigger people, mainstream people or whatever, but I didn't have any friends who were doing podcasts, hardly at all. So, Maybe yeah. Maybe I should start a podcast. <laughs> Might as well. Everyone's doing it. Might as I'll well. be on your podcast, you be on my podcast. Anyone who's anyone has got a podcast. <laughs> it's, Cassie, I'm will you surprised. be on my podcast? We just kind of, you know, do the circuit. Absolutely, yeah, I'm there. <laughs> I just think it's so much work. Like, I just, just go on really each other's podcasts it. and talk about each other's podcasts and, yeah. until we all just turn into a, a podcast. Bit, a <laughs> it just goes round and round and round. Yeah. Well, yeah, I am also, I'm starting work on an, another one with um, this woman, um, Melissa Locker from um, Nevermind FM. It's like a, a podcast startup that she did. And um, we're going to co-produce a podcast on kind of a history of Olympia music scene and um, focusing on the International Pop Underground Convention that was the summer of 1991 there. So, yeah, that's kind of exciting. That sounds I mean, that's in the, amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's in the baby <laughs> beginning right now, but yeah. So, that's cool. Hmm. But so I need are, to be you, writing more. Yeah, you guys doing all the rewriting and researching for that? I think so. I don't see anyone else involved <laughs> right now, at least. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, although I think probably... I, yeah, Something. I guess I want to see what kind of funding we can get or what have, because I think it would help to have some, like I have a few couple people in mind who it would be great if we could have some research help and stuff like that. So we'll see. But yeah, but so far no one's been paid. <laughs> we haven't paid ourselves or anything. So anyways, but yeah, I think it'll be a big undertaking. But And also I'm just kind of slowly wanting to work on this oral history of Riot Girl book. Um, this kind of please kill me style, kind of chopped up, mashed together, collage style thing. Um, and I've written some grants to try to get money for some of these things. And just so far, no luck. But my problem is, is if I get rejected, I just sometimes I don't try again, which is sort of stupid. So I should, I guess I should just not be such a baby and try again. But yeah. Because you would kind of think we should be getting to the point, right, where some of us have got money now and should be funding <laughs> the rest of us to do good right. things. Keep trying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Today I, I had a meeting with um, the people who are uh, funding my zine and I told them I needed more money. And they were like, you realise you're the most well-funded project that we've got. And I was like, oh, and they were like, there is no more money. And I was like, but I need more money. And they were like, yeah, there is no more money. Look, this is part of life. You have to reject people from the zine. You can't include everybody. There's no more money. And I was like, okay. Wow. I've never heard of a funded zine. I know. <laughs> That's awesome. It's a, um, it's a sort of, it's like an initiative in, in the Lake District because um, it's one of the Arts Council's like uh, priority areas for um, culture development. And um, it's sort of, um, 
this it's like an online kind of a zine showcase thing where it's sort of aimed at, at young people living in Cumbria because there's like no arts opportunities here and um they get commissioned and paid to uh create a, a piece of work for it um and it's also about kind of building community and <laughs> sharing experiences so that's quite it's quite nice to do that um and also have money, even though I am greedy and wanted more. like want to be working on this the history of riot girl book and i want to get my podcast i'm in the band going again um i'm sitting on like four or five interviews like i'm with viv albertine tess pollitt um mecca normal victoria from downtown boys and so i'm just like oh my gosh <laughs> i need to do these things because they're so great um those people um and this and is, just, this is working towards a book well, no, those uh, interviews were for uh, I'm in the band podcast that I need to revive. I did two special episodes with Smithsonian on some women DJ collectives in Washington, D.C. Um, that came out during the pandemic. Um, but those are kind of one off, well, two off um, special. And they're on Smithsonian Folklife's uh, website. But um, as far as just like my own podcast, I want to get that going again. I just didn't feel motivated for a while and um I don't know and but I do want to work on this uh keep working on this riot girl oral history book kind of thing please kill me style and then this new podcast for that's about Olympia and um the International Pop Underground Festival with this other woman from Nevermind FM um Melissa Locker is her name uh 
yeah, I don't know. That was something I wanted to say. But I also wanted to say that, um, so Toby Vale from Bikini Kill has been trying to um, get the word out um, that, um, as we know, that like uh, Maria Alokina, how do you say it? Maria Alokina from Masha from Pussy Riot is in jail again in, um, in Russia. And because of, I think, protesting, you know, for um, Navalny being jailed. And um, she's been, I think, reaching out and trying to get some support. So I just wanted to put that out there that, um, you know, we're not sure what to do or how to do it. But um, but anyway, she's in touch with uh, Bikini Kill and trying to get the word out there. So I don't know if we can just kind of read up and try to figure out a way to amplify her voice or get some focus on her case. Mm-hmm. It's like, I can't believe they threw her back in jail. Like, come on. Yeah. But of course, I mean, you know, they made a big difference. They're dangerous, right? You know, to mm-hmm. the yeah. powers that be. Things are bad here, but then, you know, sometimes you're just like, wow, like all Putin had to do was jail his opposition, like, or poison him or whatever. Like, whoa, okay. Yeah. And it's acceptable somehow. Like, Although I don't think there's one legal thing Trump did in the whole four years. So that was somehow like he didn't get thrown in jail for that. I don't know how. (laughs) I can't believe he he was found not guilty in that second impeachment. Crazy. The fucking Republicans. It's just like the problem is, is that even Republicans who they all a lot of them hate him. Like they just personally and stuff like that. But they just as long as he's achieving their agenda, they're not going to say too much or they're also afraid of their own constituents. And so many have turned to Trump and the minute anyone speaks out against Trump, they get tons of death threats. Like they just get tons of internet trolls and death threats. So I think they're actually scared and scared of losing their jobs, which they highly likely would, you know, if they corrupt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I know. I think personally, I think if they had had the impeachment vote be um, secret vote by secret vote, secret ballot, he would have been impeached. I'm sure. Mm. Of it. Wait, it wasn't secret. Mm-mm. No, that's like fascism 101. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah, you can but vote I, how you like, but just so you know, your vote's going to be visible to everybody. <laughs> Yeah, I know it's ridiculous, but that's that's the deal. So I think that, yeah, I think I think he would have been impeached if it had been secret ballot. Mm. But yeah, it's ter- it's terrible. I mean, I don't know. What, I mean, what can you say? It's like, well, now that he's not in office, there are probably going a million lawsuits against him, and I ho- hopefully at least one of them sticks. But that whole damn family. And all of his cronies should all be thrown in jail, you know. Do things feel more positive over there now he's gone? Is there a, a general kind of sigh of relief? Yeah, I think so. But I, I, I just feel like so much damage was done in his administration, and especially like, like when the pandemic hit, and I'm like, oh, my God, this couldn't have hit at a worse time because look who's in office, you know, and it, it shows, you know, 500,000 plus people have died. Um, 
I think if he hadn't been in office, like I would say that number would have been cut at least in half if we had had real leadership and like not someone who mocked mask wearing and stuff like that. Um, and said, you should put, you know, drink bleach or whatever the hell. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, just severe negligence and actually just outright, you know, lack of compassion and empathy and just, you know, severe, I don't know, (laughs) narcissism and everything. And yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah. It's just, it's unbelievable every step of the way. And then, and it was so damaging. I think just everyone, we just feel really damaged or at least that's how I feel. I just feel everything is so damaged. I just don't know how it can be repaired. And I, but it, it does, it's nice to hear at least someone who, yeah, sounds like, yeah, sane and whatever when, and compassionate and has a plan and, you know, is acknowledging a lot of the problems, like hearing Biden's fireside chat recently, like, it sounds cheesy because I definitely wasn't for Biden. I was, I'm was more, way more for Bernie and stuff. I'm way more left than that. But I actually started crying when I heard that because it just made me realize how horrible Trump was and how devastating his policies and lack of policies were and are. But yeah, we're still feeling the effects. And I think a lot more people are still going to die um, before everyone's vaccinated and the economy and like people getting like what, what, like one or two little stimulus bits here and there. And like, um, the unemployment scene has been a mess. It's just terrible. Like everyone's fucking broke. And meanwhile, Trump doesn't even pay taxes and what I guess Jeff Bezos doesn't either. You know, it's unbelievable. There's enough wealth to take care of everyone, to give us all, um, to support everyone, you know, if that 1% could easily support the rest here, easily, but mm. they aren't doing it, you know. I read a thing once yeah. that said you could bring everyone in the world out of poverty uh, by sort of taking billionaires' number, billionaires' money and you wouldn't actually reduce the number of billionaires in the world because they would still be billionaires even after feeding everybody and giving everybody like a roof over their heads. Yeah. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Meanwhile, there's all these lobbyists trying to make sure they keep their money and stuff. It's like, why? They don't need that money. They don't need all that money. We do. Mm. So yeah, it's, it's been depressing. I feel like people are kind of, you know, a little bit relieved, but I just don't think that this administration is necessarily, it's not liberal enough to, um, and it's not just administration, the Congress and the Senate and the Senate, especially it's just, it's not liberal enough or lefty enough to make real change. So, but I think obviously some things are going to get better, you know, it can't, it couldn't get worse. That's for sure. So, but you know, it's, I just think there's so much more, so much work to do to undo the damage. And I don't really know. I don't think you can undo, like, how do you, you can't bring 500,000 people back from the dead. Can you? No. So, yeah. Sorry, depressing, but <laughs> oh, depressing. I'm not gonna be happy until AOC is in there. Depressing, collective of reality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, right. Well, let, let's, uh, yeah. let's go anyway. Let's let's uh, <laughs> energy now. and rage, and we'll get yeah. uh, creativity. Burn it all down. 
It's also in times of hardship that creativity really blossoms. And, you know, I think maybe we'll see sort of the underground scene coming back even more strongly with all this, with people being so upset and so angry and there being so little funding for arts. I think this is maybe a time where we're going to see like another sort of punk rock movement rise. So hope, hopefully there's some silver linings. <laughs> Hopefully. Yes. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Here for it. <laughs>